Welcome to Rock That Relationship, a podcast about all things relationship with Corey and Tracy. Now let's get real and start creating relationships that rock. Welcome to yet another episode of Rock That Relationship. We are in season two and we are talking about breakups. And actually, today's episode is about that very thing, breaking up, right? The types of breakups there are, lessons we've learned, things that we would say we would never want to do again if we were being broken up with or breaking up with someone or things that we say, yeah, I think that went well, you know, and, and I really learned from that. Um, you know, part of it though, is when we think about it, we don't necessarily want lessons learned so that the next time we have a breakup, we're going to do it this way. And then the next time we'll do it this way. We kind of, you know, hope that we go into our next relationship, not necessarily thinking about, you know, what's going to happen when we break up with someone, but sometimes that's inevitable. And so it's nice to know what can we learn about ourselves? What can we learn about the process and how can we do it better if it does happen again? So Tracy, we are back for yet another, uh, lively conversation and um, mm-hmm. we're going to talk today about, let's start with the three types of breakups. I'll introduce them a little bit and we'll talk through each of them. And then we'll end with a little bit about lessons learned. So the three types of breakups, really, this is kind of from our experience is the, I'm breaking up with you. Like, I know that I want to break up. Maybe you don't know that I want to break up with you and I initiate it and I break up with you. I end the relationship. The second type is you're breaking up with me. Maybe I didn't see it coming. Maybe I did, but it's not really my choice. I'm not really interested in breaking up, but you are, and therefore we are breaking up. And then the third kind is that amicable, mutual, we both just think this relationship isn't a good fit. Um, And it's relatively kind of equal in terms of us both thinking that we should go our own ways. But that breakup is also really significant and the feelings and experiences from that are also important to talk about. So with that said, let's start with the, I'm breaking up with you. Now, Tracy, have you ever ended a relationship with someone? No, of course not, Corey. I've never <laughs> done that. Yes, <laughs> I have. I have done that. Yes. And I just want to go back to your intro with saying that, yeah, we're happy about certain things we did in regards to a breakup. I just want to say again, Nothing to me about breakups is good. I find them tragic and sad. And I know a lot of people are like, oh my God, it's an opportunity for growth and you can learn and all that. And I am not in that space. Now, going back over my life of the last 30 something years, yes, I have initiated breakups and it's very, very painful no matter what, even if you want out, right? Like it's it's never easy. Um, I've only ever done it in a way that's, in person with a lot of processing. So I do not believe in like leaving anything unsaid ever. And have you ever done, have you ever broken up with somebody like over email or text or? Oh or, my God. No, no. Yeah, I was, I, I was broken up with over the phone one time. Was it text? Yeah. And that was, and I kind of, I saw it coming just because the upstairs neighbor was really into her and that was really obvious. So, and it wasn't a serious relationship. So I wasn't devastated. I just was like, Hey, can we just get together and talk about this? And she's like, no. And then that was kind of it, but I've never done that. I mean, I'm serious when I say I will process everything, everything. Yeah. I just think like you got to work it through. There's a reason you started dating someone, you know, I mean, I've met what? thousands of people in my life and I've only dated less than 10 of them or about 10 why on earth would I not give the time to like properly 
like literally go over every little thing. Like I'm going every nook and cranny and see if there's a way to save it. Right. That's right. who well, I am. You know, it's interesting because when we talk about what we did well and what we didn't do well. So I did break up with someone one time over the phone. I, I think it ended up being more of a mutual breakup because we both sort of drifted. It was, it became long distance and it was funny because mm. she was going to be coming out like two weeks later to see me. And instead of waiting that two weeks and then having the conversation, I wanted to talk to her before because if she wasn't, you know, didn't want to come out, I didn't want her to come out. But actually we ended right. up breaking up over the phone, which I, I was really difficult otherwise because of being long distance, but we decided for her to come out. We actually had a really nice kind of closure weekend and we had fun together as friends. We talked through and processed through everything and, and she slept on the couch and I didn't. And that's how we ended things. Um, it, it was sort of a unique situation though, right? Because we're long distance. So if you can't see someone, it's hard to break up with them face to face, but I, every other breakup I've ever had, um, has been face to face. Absolutely. I have a question. Did you start that relationship out long distance? Was it long distance the entire time or were you living in the same place? And then that person moved. I was living in the same place. And then I, mm-hmm. moved. I took a job. Oh, you moved. Okay. Yeah. And then we were going to try to see how long we could do it long distance, mm. but neither of us were going to be able to live in the same place for another couple of years. So it was sort of an inevitability, but right. at the same time, it still made it really difficult. And it was like, all right, we lasted maybe three or four months long distance. And it just, we are, we just kind of drifted. And so it didn't feel as heart wrenching. Cause I think we both saw it coming. So doing it over the phone seemed, uh, you know, a little bit more acceptable, but. And you didn't blindside this person, I assume. Like, no. I mean, there were kind of foreshadowings that, oh, you know, I mean, I think everybody with the long distance relationship has a bit of foreshadowing, right? That things might not work out. Well, yeah, it can certainly be difficult. I I just can't imagine though, if I'm, if I'm in the same place as someone, and especially if I've had an investment, it's not just a few dates, but like I'm in a relationship with someone is as difficult, awkward, or painful as it might be. I can only imagine that I would want to be in person. I've never broken up with anybody else other than that. I've had one mutual breakup, but as far as me initiating something, that was the only one I've ever initiated. Yeah, I've never done it in that way, but I have initiated several and they usually, I told you I used to be a lot more dramatic than I am now. So is it that usually was possible. Is that, is that yeah, possible? it is. It is. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. <laughs> Believe me, it is. I used to be also very reactive and I'm not anymore, which you can attest to. I'm not that reactive. Yeah. Um, but like I, I'm trying to think. I mean, this is literally going back to the 1990s when there wasn't a such thing as text or anything, but, you know, having those hard conversations in person, I think, you know, they really have to happen. I mean, some breakups, there's, you know, I haven't had this particular experience of finding someone cheating or something, but, you know, there's going to be times where there's something like, like that is, I mean, you have to deal with it right then and there, you know, like, right. Wow. Like you can't ignore that. You can't unsee what you just saw or find out information. And I feel like, you know, each situation is so different, but, you know, absent like some kind of threat to your safety or violence or whatever, I think that each person owes it to a person they've spent any kind of emotional investment in or time investment just to sit down and talk about it. You know, I mean, yeah, sorry. It's going to be sad. People are going to cry or it's, but isn't it better to, I mean, I told you I'm very, very good friends with two of my exes, right? And those were, there was a lot of drama with those relationships, but we processed everything. I mean, we really processed through everything. And I feel like that that's what's allowed me to have very close friendships with them now. 
Well, and I think that makes you really unique. I mean, I don't have close friendships really with any of my exes. I, I'm on, I'm on good terms with most of them. You know, like if I saw them out, I, you know, go sit down and have coffee with them, but not, not the kind of friendships you have. And I didn't process, you know, the breakups in the mm-hmm. way that you have. Uh, I mean, they, they came on, like I said, real, you know, in some senses you could sort of see them coming and others, they kind of were more abrupt, but I think of one of the big things that I remember about, you know, the breaking up when I broke up with someone is um, this idea about, you know, having no possibility for reconciliation. So this is one thing that I kind of learned the hard way is if you, you know, for me, if I leave myself open to reconciliation, like we're going to break up for now, we're going to be like, you Mm -hmm. know, Ross and Rachel, and we're going to be like, we're on a break and, you know, and then just work through it. And, you know, if you need to take a break from each other, you know, that's fine. But if you're going to end a relationship and then start it and end it and start it. And I realize that that, that is not something I'm interested in. So being clear, like if you're at a point where you want to end a relationship with someone, then being clear that you want to end the relationship with someone and saying, I'm going to be really clear there. Like, and this is what I said to the person. I said, I'm, I'm moving on. You're moving on. We're not in the right, not in the same place. There won't be really an opportunity for us to, to be together again. Um, I wish you, you know, I, in some ways I wish you well, and I hope we can stay in touch, but there's no, like, maybe like, I didn't leave this conversation with her thinking, well, maybe I can come out right. in two weeks and we can rekindle this. Like I was pretty clear. Right. Well, and you knew, right? I don't think everybody knows that they, they might know there's trouble. I mean, I was married for eight years and we were getting divorced from year one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like an inevitable seven years of, but that was a blended family situation with, you know, a lot of really d- tough things that it wasn't easy just to to walk away from each other. And it also wasn't easy to live with each other, you know? And then mm-hmm. we came up with that solution during the pandemic to buy the extra place. And then that kind of, morphed into uh, me moving into the place, you know, and then 10 months of separation and then divorce, you know, so it's, it's not, and it always can't be just very clear cut. I think the thing is to act with decency through everyone and give the other person the opportunity to speak and to be heard. To me, that's so critical. And that's why I am very good friends with those two exes, because we heard each other, you know, I heard them, they heard me. And we were able to form, I mean, really like a best friendship, you know, and very close friendships that I value so much, as you know. Right, right. Well, and I, and I think about your particular circumstance and, you know, kind of trying to make it work, but seeing kind of the writing on the wall as you move further and further away from each other. And I think about this, you know, and some, some of our listeners might do this. I've done this before. It's like, you know, the threat to break up. Well, maybe we should just get divorced. Well, let's just break up. Well, we're going to break up. And then it's like two days later, you're like, oh, I don't want to break up anymore. And and using it as like a leveraging tool to hurt the other person versus an actual intentional, either we're going to end this relationship, we're going to try to work on this relationship, something, but not using it as kind of that that wedge, right? And I mean, it sounds like right. for, for your breakup, it went over the course of time because you had a lot at stake. You did have, you know, there were children involved and there were, you know, you had homes together and all sorts of things. But um, but it's interesting how quickly we jumped to like, okay, well, let's just break up. And then like two days later, you're well, like, I'm really and, and super here's sad. here's the thing though, like, right. But you said leverage. And I think there are some people who do that in a manipulative way and it can be perceived that way also there are people who do it that way and then i did it when i was very reactive and when i did not have the same emotional control that i have now due to years in therapy where i would it's not that i was trying to use it as leverage it's that i didn't know any other way 
to deal with anything yeah. other than I'm leaving. I can't take this. I need my freedom. I have to get out of here, you know, and right. like what I've learned flight. about yeah. that. Right. Yes. And I was always in flight mode and I would never leave. I would literally go five feet out of the room. And then I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. But what I learned is even saying that stuff was so destabilizing. Right. Absolutely. So I'm never going to do that again. Like I've changed, you know, all this therapy has helped me to, to not be reactive. And sometimes that's like an outlet. It's like a, the only way somebody knows how to deal with stuff. And I think that's why becoming so educated about relationships, about psychology, about attachment, you know, styles is you can understand what the other person's doing. You can understand what you're doing, you know, yep. and, and people want me to date now. And I don't want to, because I really need to be figuring out myself. So I don't ever act like that again. I didn't act like that in the last mm -hmm. relationship, but I acted like that in the relationships before. And I, I think I've said this before. I have apologized to those people, including the ones I'm very good friends with. You know, it is destabilizing. Absolutely. I mean, it's destabilizing for the relationship and it's destabilizing for the eventual breakup um, mm -hmm. because you don't really know if you're coming or going. Uh, and, right. and, it, and it is difficult and it is painful. And I understand what you're talking about. You kind of feel like you're up against the wall and the only thing you can do is just be like, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. And that right. can become really overwhelming. Well, kind of switching gears a little bit on the, still the I'm breaking up with you and some of the things, um, you know, I'm kind of reminded of a time in which I, you know, established ground rules for a breakup. I've done this a couple of times, actually three different times I've done it where we've established kind of ground rules, like we're breaking up. Um, and you know, let's talk about, you know, who gets what, if we were living together or what we were doing, who goes to which events with friends, if we're both invited to something, should we both go? Should we not go? Um, and, and even in, in one relationship, I actually had, we had almost like a, a ground rules that we created before we ended up breaking up, not in the hopes that we would, but just in case we did, like what happens mm -hmm. if we're on the same cell phone plan and you're angry at me, are you going to cut my phone off or, mm -hmm. you, know, we, you know, are we going to share a, a membership to a museum or something together? What are we going to do? And so, you know, being mindful that breaking up is an intentional process that, t that depending on how far into the relationship you are, it takes a lot of unraveling. And so certainly the most extensive is like a legal divorce and children and homes and, and those kinds of things. But I mean, what do you do if you break up with someone who you work with and you have to see them? Well, every here, day, but you know? Here's something so interesting that like people, okay, what was that book that I mentioned? You're reading it also. This Here's where this marriage ends that, you know, most relationships actually end up in breakup or divorce, but yet people still get into them. And I think that the stuff you're talking about, people are too emotional to do at the time of breakup, but that'd be so great if people did that when they got together. <laughs> like, hey, let's make this plan for the possibility that this could go wrong while we're not angry. I mean, that's what people should do with their child custody things, not when they're furious at each other, right? Because right. when people are getting broken up with or they're breaking up, there's ego issues involved, there's terror, there's fear, there's, my God, I'm not going to have any place to live. I'm going to lose my friends. I'm going to not see my kids. Somebody else is going to raise my kids. All of that, and it makes it almost impossible. Like, the brain has gone on overdrive, right? Like, it can't really sit down and do that. I mean, you can, because you're that kind of person who can make a list if, you know, we were in the middle of the apocalypse. That's why I'll be sticking with you. Um, <laughs> but I mean, but, I know, think you're right doing it beforehand, but some people say that's fatalistic, right? Like I if know. you make a breakup plan before you get at the beginning of a relationship, I mean, I don't know. Let me, let me just ask you, is that any different than a prenup? 
Well, yes. It's just how about this is how it a prenup is, you know, obviously only legal to protect right. your assets. Right. But, but the, this would be similar idea. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, we're going to act with look while we're buddies, while we're good friends, while we're still like each other, this is how we should divide these things up and let's stick to a plan. Let's have a contract between the two of us. And you know, there's that whole thing that people have of like, the contract of looking at each other and choosing each other every day. Like I still choose you. I want to be with you, you know, because Mm -hmm. then you're checking in and I'm just saying, yeah, it'd be great if people could look at that, not as fatalistic, but as just practical. And that when you're in your right mind, when you're not in extreme suffering, and that's the thing where I've said this before, grief is grief and loss is loss. And some people are going to take breakups way harder than others. Right. And it's going to, it's, it, it can be devastating for someone and they cannot think, you know, yep. it's yep. like they, they're like their mind's gone into a, a fog or something or overdrive or whatever happens to them. And they can't think they can't do that. Or they're just angry and they're going to retaliate, you know? Right. And if they had some assurance ahead of time that, they're not going to lose this or, you know, this isn't going to happen. I think it would go a long way, but I think that's also along the thing of like, when you get with someone, you should probably sit down and talk about all these, like, was that that eight dates, you know, how do we want to manage this? How do you want to do this? How would you run your life? You know? Yeah. I mean, and, and it could also help you too, in a sense where, so say you have this contract, it also might help you end a relationship that you don't want to be in without having the fear of things like, you know, well, we just, we just renewed the car insurance and paid it for the year. Like I can't, mm-hmm. I'm going to wait it out until our car insurance is paid. You know, I mean, people hold on to things like, where am I going to live? What am I going to do? And if you have this, that, you know, if you have like this kind of agreement or contract and it says, I promise that I won't, you know, we won't, we'll, we'll make sure that we uh, each can use our cell phones on our cell phone plan for three months until we transition over. Then I'm not maybe holding back from ending a relationship for the logistical matters that are unknown because they will be known through some type of, you know, some type of a contract. Now, I mean, it sounds scary. Our listeners are probably like, Oh my gosh, a breakup contract. But I will tell you um, I've used one before and I, I put one together uh, with the person I was with and we ended up using it and out of, even out of the most, you know, it, you know, even if it were the most difficult times, we held to that. We actually went and mm. notarized. Wow. Um, not that it would hold up in a court of law per se, but really this idea that we were committed to the fact that we weren't going to purposely hurt each other. Um, right. Even down to who got the family pet. Like right. some people don't break up because they're afraid someone's going to take the dog. Right. That you would know? be me. Yeah. Right? Oh, well, no one never, I date once my dogs. So that's the weirdest <laughs> thing. I keep dating these non-dog people. So I yeah. always get my dogs. Well, I now you got this dogs, new puppy. With the dogs. You I got know. this new puppy. puppy. You may have started attracting different people. All right, let's oh, switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about being broken up with. So, so Tracy, have you been broken up with before? Yes. Hmm. I, this is the one that's going to cause me to cry or get his, just very upset. So it's, it's terrible. And I don't it like it. It, it. it really depends on if, I mean, like I said earlier about that one breakup, whatever, I didn't really care. But when I was in very, very much in love with someone and she broke up with me, um, is absolutely devastating. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and if you're particularly, if you're blindsided, right. Sometimes mm-hmm. the, the breakup is, 
it, who breaks up with who is almost like a, a formality. It was like it was coming. Who's just the fi- the one to finally say the words? But in some cases, the breakup comes out of nowhere, and it's like, what in the world? I've never had a breakup that really came out of nowhere. So I've never really been blindsided, although I have been broken up with. Um, but but all of the the times I've been broken up with, really, it's been mostly we've tried to work through it. We couldn't work through it, and then the other person just sort of, you know, put the you know just the well, end, ended the whole thing, you know. Yeah. And I, I've never been blindsided, but I've been devastated by the lack of wanting to work on it. I guess that's, I think equally as painful as being blindsided is like, you don't even want to try. You don't even want to put the work in. I I just, like I said, I'll never understand that because it's not who I am. I will put the work in till the, the last cow goes home. Yes. Wherever home is, they usually are. Yeah. Home, right. But yeah, I, I do. I hear you. Right. Um, you they might the, be walking and taking in a trip, Corey. They might be out go. on a, their cow, fence post. Cow's Anyways. So, I mean, and I think that goes into this idea of like when we're broken up with, even if it's, even if it's like kind of a long time coming and that person just did the final, the final the straw, or maybe it's that you were blindsided is this idea of having and making time, at least on your end, um, to ask questions for clarity, but know that you're also maybe not going to get the truth. I know that if you're broken up with and you say, you know, why you Mm -hmm. might get some kind of answer that is not really the truth, but is the easy answer for that person to kind of skedaddle right out of that situation and be like, ah, I'm out of here. Um, so even if you, you want that clarity, um, you, you might never get it and you might never get closure from them. So even if you, you know, process through. And I know Tracy, you have your friendships with your two exes. You didn't just process right after you broke up. You've been processing for years and years after all that heated emotion has come down where some of that truthfulness can come out, but in the moment, sometimes it just can't. Um, because yeah. And sometimes people are just going to not want to do it. And that's for me, the hardest thing is to like, that person just doesn't want to do it. And you just have to find a way to let go. So you have to use all of your, you know, breakup aids, your, your therapist, your friends, your whatever you're occupying your mind, you're busying yourself because you can't make someone else do anything. You can't make them talk to you. You can't make them want closure, you know, and And you can't make them tell you the truth as to why they don't want to be in the relationship anymore. And you may never get that truth in it. And that's, for me, that's always been one of the hardest things is really not being able to identify like specifically, like this is why this one relationship ended it, because mm-hmm. and, and not being able to get that clarity from that person. And maybe the person that I was with, did, you know, in, in these, all these occasions didn't know themselves, but just knew that something wasn't right or it wasn't going the direction that they wanted. Um, and so that clarity might be kind of, kind of muddy for everyone and you may never ever get it. And that's for me, one of the harder parts is like, now I'm sad that I have this loss, but I don't know why I have this loss. And years later, I'm still trying to figure that out. Right. And I mean, I think, you know, yeah, you got to work it out in your own life and your own world and your own mind. And that's, I think, the cost of loving somebody else or putting your trust in another person or living in this world in general. We don't know why people do what they do. And not all people are going to give us an answer. And either we become hermits and decide not to engage or we take that risk. You know, I've, I've decided it's worth the risk, but it's still extremely painful. 
Well, absolutely. It's really difficult. And it's, and you and I have talked about our two kind of uh, behaviors that if we're not careful, we get sucked into, which is rumination and speculation, which is trying to, mm-hmm. trying to you know, and there's, there's ways to, to use anticipation and kind of understanding of other people's psyches to see why they might behave a certain way. But sometimes we slip into this rumination of just replaying, well, maybe it was that one, that one party we went to and, and, you know, this person was ignoring me and then I did this. And then it, that must've been, that must've been the last straw for them. Or you're speculating. I'm sure that they are cheating on me, right? Or I'm mm-hmm. sure that they have a double life or, you know, whatever. And that, those things don't help. And we're, we're, you know, when we think about closure and we talk about closure, that, that will be something that is really important to think about. How do you separate rumination and speculation from really anticipation and understanding? Well, you got to get a friend to slap you out of it. Yeah, say, you, you not helping. You, yeah, you, it's not helping, right? Yeah, you tell me that you are ruminating. That's what you tell me. Yeah. You are speculating. And usually you stop very abruptly on a trail that we're walking very fast on. And yeah. I nearly slam into your back and then you yell at me. And then I yeah. kind of get it together. It snaps so. you out of it. Right. Yeah. It because does. it doesn't help. It really doesn't. You could spend hours doing it. And then guess what? You're back at the same point and you don't have an answer for anything. Exactly. So have you ever like rushed into dating someone else just to show your ex that you've moved on to make them jealous. Not that you were actually interested in someone else and you moved on quickly, but really that you got back into the dating scene just to kind of, you know, maybe validate yourself and validate, you know, in front of your ex. I did what you just said. I did date someone in the nineties just to make someone else jealous. And it really was a huge mistake. It didn't go well. It didn't Um, go well. It wasn't a good choice for the person I, I, I screwed myself basically because then my ex thought, like, she even told me, have a good life with what's her name. And I was like, what? I don't even like her that much. <laughs> it's you, it's you that I like, you know, and that was a big mistake. I've never done that again, but that's the thing. Yes, I did it. I'm not proud of it. It didn't, it was, no, it was a terrible idea. And that's why no matter what kind of rude things people say to me now or <laughs> things that happen, I'm not, I'm not ever doing that again. I'm not jumping into that. I'm not getting over it. I'm not, you know, like right. I want to work through my process and not do that. It doesn't work. It just, I don't think it's ever worked for anybody in the history of the world. And yet people continue to do it. Right, right. Exactly. And some people may move on quickly after a breakup and have genuine feelings. And that's one thing, but some people just run out there and grab the first person they can and um, to basically. Just yeah. Or to- they grab an intentional person to make that other person jealous. And that's yep. just, just ugh, it's games playing and it doesn't work. And then now you've involved somebody else's feelings and emotions, or you've gotten with somebody you really shouldn't have, you know, right, right. now you just created yeah. a kind of a mess. Yeah. Yeah. For yourself. That's what I did. I've got into a mess. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the, we both want to break up. It's kind of mutual, you know, I mean, even if one person did say it, you both of you were like, yeah, we shouldn't be together. Um, I had, I had actually one of these, it was really interesting because as we talked earlier about like, you know, doing it over text or doing it in person, or even thinking about where to do it, like doing it in a neutral place kind of thing. We were actually driving in a car coming back from a trip and it was the, it, huh. we had this conversation, I don't know, 10 minutes into the ride. We still had like two or three hours to go on the trip. And it was like, all of a sudden we just decided to break up in the car. Huh. And then we're in the car awkwardly sitting there for the next few hours and we lived together. So then we got home and it was like, what are we going to do? Um, wow. Yeah. So it was very awkward, even though we both 
kind of saw it coming and we wanted it. And and I think what you said earlier is really important. And it's particularly important with this scenario is that breaking up is painful, whether you're the one that's breaking up with someone you're being broken up with, or it's mutual and you know, it's just not the right, you know, fit for you. It's still sad. It is still Mm -hmm. hard. You are still grieving. And other people might say, well, Hey, you know that, you know, that person wasn't, you know, a good fit for you and you know it now you can find your person, you know, that's fine and all. It's just, it's still sad. You've invested in this person. You probably love them, mm-hmm. cared for them, maybe had a life with them. And it's ha- sad and hard. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. I don't think it's ever easy. I mean, that's was my marriage, you know? I think it was clear that it wasn't the best match, but that doesn't mean that we didn't have a lot of, you know, love for each other and enjoyment in a lot of things of each other. It's just there were some real fundamental differences you know that couldn't be overcome but doesn't mean you don't miss or won't miss all those other things and in that it's really hard to let go of that absolutely so you know the other thing to think about is even if it's an amicable breakup it it's gonna still be awkward with your day-to-day life like if you mm-hmm. some people need to live together for a while until it, one of them can find a place and that can be tricky um, you have the same friends, potentially you might work in the same place or go to the same places of worship, or you're in the same tennis league, whatever that is. And you got to sort of negotiate. Can you get along and be in those same spaces together, even after the breakup, or, you know, do you have to sort of divide and conquer? And I remember with this breakup where we were in the car, we decided that we were, we needed to live together for a while until we both found places to live. And so it was several months and we decided mm-hmm. that we were just better off as friends. And we really did have a nice friendship, but it did get a little awkward there for a while with our friends who all of a sudden decided they felt the need to take sides when neither of us actually felt that there were sides to be taken. And it ended up getting awkward and ended up getting you know painful months after And that was really the most distressing part of it all was that, you know, at the end of the day, we just weren't together anymore and things were changing. And and the best thing for us to do at that point, and we did, was to take a break and heal. And it was like, even though we have a friendship and it's good, let's take some several months and just do our own thing, get reestablished, re-routined, all of that. And then maybe we'll find our way back to each other as friends. That's smart. So if you're not super emotional, you can do that, you know? Well, if you are super, you can both agree then, to do that. Yeah. If, if you both agree and then you can go find, go your own way. And I remember, you know, we talked about, we've talked a lot about like the witching hours and, you know, how difficult it is in the evenings. And we had lived together and I remember the evenings were just really quiet. I moved in with a roommate and it was so weird and, and, mm-hmm. and it, would, it would get dark out at night and I'm all by myself. And I remember thinking, why am I doing this? We're just friends. I don't even have any interest in being with her. Why? But I knew that I needed that healing time. And then eventually, actually, before we even reconnected as friends, I ended up moving. Mm-hmm. And so we not we, because of that. Though. No, because I got a new job and, uh-huh. and I moved. And so it was like, oh, okay, well, I mean, maybe we weren't destined to be friends. We still connect every once in a while on like social media and stuff. And if I'm ever out that way, I'd love to have coffee. But yeah, we never did rekindle a friendship, but we were so invested right away of like switching and transitioning the relationship into a friendship to make the breakup feel less horrible that we ended up just really needing to take a break from it all in order to just be ourselves. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I don't know. I think there's no perfect way to do it. You know, you got to do what's working at the time. Right. Well, the way I mean, not to do it is to be nasty, is to be revengeful, is to be mad. I like to use a different word, but then I'll just say bad mouthing, but you know, like yeah. 
to to talk like try and get oh I don't do this like oh you're my friend or whatever I mean of course I have my best friends and they're not ever going to be sticking around hanging out with the other person or being their Facebook friend you know my best friends but like those people that aren't that are just friends you like the worst thing you can do is try and like get them to your side or you know just don't even do any of that it yeah. it's ugly it doesn't work it's rude I and mean, it's unnecessary people will gravitate to who they want to gravitate and if you're trying to go mm-hmm. out and like collect friends I think it just makes you look bad and it's really uncomfortable for everyone like everyone else shouldn't suffer because you're going through a breakup right right well and, and you know that really hits on these kind of lessons learned. So regardless of like, if you're the breaker upper or you're broken up with, or it's mutual, the idea, you know, take the high road, even if you've been wronged, even if like so, your ex did something awful to you, this is the, the one, the few things I've learned is don't play games. Like don't keep them from seeing their pet or don't right. like, not give them back their favorite shirt. I mean, you can leave it on your front porch and you can say, pick it up when you want. I mean, but you know, withholding it or, burning it and then taking a picture and sending it to them. I mean, I understand where the anger and the angst comes from, but you know, I always say, take the high road, take the high road, take the high road. And I've said that to myself through every different kind of ethical dilemma I've had, not just relationships, but the idea is, you know, I'm, I have to go to bed and sleep with myself at night and say, am I feeling okay about who I am and how I showed up today? And would I rather have known that I burned my ex's favorite shirt or that I left it in a, in a package out by my mailbox and texted and said, come by and pick it up. Um, right. I would feel better about that. So you know, the high road looks different for everybody, but really it's, you know, you'll feel better about yourself if you did the kind of did what quote the right thing. And the right thing might be dependent on the situation. Obviously, if you were in like an abusive relationship, you don't want to have any contact. That makes sense. Don't write the shirt back. But right. in a general circumstance where the breakup was, you know, not um, anything that was, you know, violent or anything threatening that, you know, thinking about how not to play games. Right. I think that's it. Don't play games. Don't be a bad mother. Don't try to collect friends. Don't, you know. Yes, exactly. Don't try to punish them, get back at them, date somebody to show them up. You know, yeah, I know, none of that stuff is good. It doesn't make you feel good. It might make you feel good for like five minutes and then you can have the fantasy in your mind. I think fantasizing <laughs> about it is fine, but don't act on it. You know what I mean? Everyone's got to yeah. have a fantasy, right? I mean, yes. everybody does. You maybe could intergloat if something bad happens to them, but really, you don't really want something bad to happen and you don't want them to have, you know, I mean, you just keep it to yourself, basically. And then if you keep it to yourself and then do your working through it of like accepting that things are the way they are and rather than being angry about it and just learning to accept what is you'll get, it'll be much better for you in the long run. Right. Well, we go back to, we we said this on several episodes is, you know, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. So again, that's a lot of what we're talking about here with the series is really that, you know, we have to invest in our relationships. We have to invest in ourself, our relationship with ourselves too, in our own health and wellness so that we can, you know, kind of show up in a way that feels emotionally intelligent, that feels safe, that feels good and feels fulfilling and that sometimes that, that means that we have, we do things like, you know, we take the high road. We want to do those things, not play games and, 
you know, have a productive, you know, movement out, out of relationships. Because sometimes like in this case, breaking up is leaving a relationship is really important. Um, all right. We are just about out of time. Just to kind of, you know, as we wrap up, it, you know, it's really interesting as we talk about, you know, breakups and, you know, whether or not we're breaking up with someone we're being broken up with, or the, if the feeling is mutual kind of thing, there's still a lot of similarities between all of them. It hurts. It's sad. It's hard. Even if the breakup was, um, you know, kind of for the better. Um, but in the end, just remembering that, you know, we have to look at ourselves in the mirror about how we handled ourselves during a breakup and thinking about how can we show up in ways that are productive and, um, and healthy and, um, you know, and also not, not playing games, not dangling breakups in front of someone like I'm going to break up with you or I'm leaving or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, trying to expect that the other person will provide clarity and closure, but really just doing the work, the self-work that we keep talking about with the resources that we have like therapists and friends, and even our own experiences with journaling or our own self-awareness. All right. We are, um, Excited again. We've got so many episodes in this season all about breakups. And uh, thanks, Tracy, for the great conversation. And until our next episode, get out there and rock those relationships. If you liked what you heard, check out our show notes for resources from today's episode. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Rock That Relationship and go to our website at rockthatrelationship.com for updated episodes and more great information. Thanks for listening. Now go rock those relationships.